0: In this house, somebody say "Amen." Somebody shout "Glory." Come on, have a seat in God's presence. apologize for the late start. Sound booth. Amen. Today, my message today. Starting the service. Amen. How many of you right now are afraid of the call that God might have on your life? Amen. Got some honest folks tonight. I like that. Somebody say amen. Psalms 56 verse 11, the psalmist writes this, or rather Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, surely. I will help you, surely. I will uphold you in my righteous hand. Often we fear the future and what may become of us, but Jesus and God always tell us that he will provide all your needs. You know that, right? Jesus said in uh, Matthew 10, verse 31, don't be afraid, you're worth more than many sparrows. He said, don't be afraid. You're worth more than what you think you are. How many of you know that you're worth more than what you think you are? Don't have a high opinion of yourself. and Some of you, your opinion is just a little too high, but God says, you know what? He thinks more of you. You with me so far? I'm going somewhere. Job 13, verse 15, he said this. He said, though he slay me, yet I'm going to trust him. He said, God may kill me, but I'm still going to trust him. God may not have anything good in store for me, but I'm still going to trust him. Can anybody say that tonight? That if God killed you, you would still trust him? That you knew that that can get that, can get that serious, that you can die and never see God's hand in your life. You say, I'm still going to trust him. How many of you are afraid of trusting God? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Psalms 56 verse 11, the psalmist writes this, In God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? This is an awesome testimony uh, of the power of trusting in God. Regardless what happens... The psalmist says, I'm going to trust in God. I'm not going to be afraid. God has not given you a spirit of fear. If you're feeling fearful at any point of your day, you need to understand, identify, acknowledge, and be able to deliberate that it is the devil in your life. It is the plan of the enemy, the work of the devil. It's got nothing to do with God. And if you feel fearful about anything, then run. Because you're involved in something that's not of God. On the other hand, looking from a different opposite of perspective, in some areas the devil's going to try and get you to be afraid so you won't be successful. You need to be fearless in your, in your everyday walk. You need to walk with power, authority, and boldness. Stop asking God where it's going to come from. Where's the provision going to come from? Where's the money going to come from, God? Or where's the, where's the blessing going to come from? Just ask God, where do you want me to go so I can pick it up? What do I have to do in order to get there? Amen? Once you've learned to put trust in God, fear should not be a factor in your life. So Matthew uh, 14, 24 and 26, you don't have to turn, to just write that down. Matthew 14, 24 and 26. It's, it speaks of one of the times where the, the, the disciples were caught in a storm. And it goes back to my first metaphor, talking of, of the boat. And here they are, and the Bible says they're in the boat, the boat is made to float, and in some translations depending on which way you read it, it talks about a mighty wind that came up and started moving the boat around. Luke chapter 8 verse 24 and 25, you don't have to turn there either, is another instance where they're in the boat, they're caught in a storm. Anybody ever been in the boat of your life caught in a storm? Caught in a bad time? In your own personal life, you're you're going through an emotional storm, a financial hurricane, a relationship tornado, uh-huh, a depression monsoon, a stress tsunami, something like that. Anybody with me here? And you're going through some serious garbage and. And then in this one story that I have, to believe it's this one, Matthew. If he has Matthew up, uh, Jesus comes walking on the water, chilling like he did nothing wrong. And first they're afraid of the storm. And then they said, when they saw Jesus, they were gripped with fear. So they're afraid of the storm. They're afraid of the solution, the situation. They're afraid of everything. That's like you're sitting there praying in your rooms like, God, talked to me. God says, yo, ah, what's that? And you get all scared when God actually talks to you. That wasn't God. How many of you know that you heard God tell you to do something? Anybody know how um, you can tell if it's God speaking to you? If you don't recognize His voice? If it's something that's smarter than you know you can come up with by yourself, it's God. So if what is going on in your brain is above your intellectual level, then just know it's God. That's a clear indicator. If you know that you're usually going to run from sin and you hear someone say, don't go, that's God. That's above your level of intellect. Y'all with me? If I, all right, I'm just leave it there. Got people laughing like I'm so I to get scared. I'm touching nerves. I'm just kidding. Fear, by Webster's Dictionary, is a distressing, distressing rather emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, or pain. Whether the threat is real or imagined, the feeling or condition of being afraid in the mental capacity is very real. How many of you were ever afraid of something that wasn't even gonna happen? How many of you ever were afraid of getting kidnapped and murdered? When you were never in a situation where you were going to get kidnapped and murdered, but you sat there... <laughs> how many of you were ever afraid of that type of stuff? When you were never really in a situation to have that happen to you? It's amazing how we are afraid of things that were never really in a situation to happen to us. You're on a plane, the plane goes a little turbulent, and you're all afraid that the plane's going to sink now, when the plane is 100% fine. That's you. I can tell. (laughs) Fear is not God's route for your life. Fear is not what God wants you to have in your life. You cannot be like these disciples first, you're afraid of the actual of the actual situation. The solution comes walking up to them, and now they're afraid of that one, and they challenge him and say, oh, is it really you? If it's you, uh, have me come walk on the water. The rest is history. We talked about it two weeks ago Get the recording. Fear in and of itself is, by most standards, something that is not even real in your life. The majority, the vast majority of the things that you will be afraid of In your life are situations that were never a threat to you in the first place. Y'all follow me there? For instance, boy meets girl. They don't know it yet, but it is the actual one that God has for them. It's the person that God has ordained before He laid down the foundation of the earth to be the best possible match. For that person. But because girl used to deal with other boy, she now is afraid not just of rejection, but she's afraid of acceptance. And because she now does not know how to deal with being accepted, she's so accustomed to being rejected that now she does not know how to operate with a man or vice versa. A man don't know how to operate with a woman now that they are being accepted by somebody. And so you put the the relationship into self-destruct, look back five years later, and you are regretting it. I'm talking to some of the older folks here. So now not only are you tired of being alone and single, you're tired of waiting on the Lord, but now you don't know how to deal with somebody. You think you're ready, but when the person comes along, you find out you have got all these minuscule flaws, and you're afraid, and you start stressing at night. You're thinking about it over in your mind. What if it doesn't work? What if I ruin my life? What if this? What if that? What if this? What if that? Oh my God, God told me to break up with you. I think God has gotten blamed for more breakups than money. I've used that line a couple of times in the past. Before I was a pastor, I'll say. Yvonne, <clears throat> I know that's your laugh. I'm going have to look up. Fear is also de- de- defined as a specific instance of or a propensity of an evil or bad feeling. Meaning, not that you have the feeling, but the thought. Of having the feeling makes you afraid. For instance, I'm talking about murder right now. I talked about being stalked, being followed in your car. I talked about somebody knocking on your window, opening it up, and ripping you out of your bed at night, duct taping you. Next thing you know, your story is on Criminal Minds. Or CSI, whichever you prefer. So... Now what's going to happen is some people in this room, by statistics, will go home looking in their rearview mirror. They will go home and make sure their windows are locked. They will go home and think the, the thought will cross their mind of someone murdering, raping, kidnapping, robbing them at night. And they will have an instance of fear in their life, statistically speaking. If you don't believe me, how many of you have ever watched a CSI or Forensic Files before you went to sleep? Bad idea. Bad idea. You have dreams all night of this serial killer coming to, coming to chop you up into bits and pieces with a wood chopper. And you have all these thoughts now in your, in your mind, and, and then you sit there, and it happened to me once or twice. I had to make sure all my doors were locked. Next day, the nurses couldn't even get in the house. I was like, I don't care. Because when fear gets you, it gets you and you try and do everything you can to prepare yourself for a situation. But the things you're supposed to be afraid of like God, you have no fear for. You with me so far? Fear. What in your life is being done or rather what is not being done due to the issue of fear you have in your life? What could you possibly be doing for God that you're not doing because you're afraid? Because I am so tired of people with the, it's not my time yet. When, it, when it's my time, God will tell. God says that he will be honored and adored now, that he will be worshiped now. God throughout the Bible never sits there and says, I'm going to call you in a couple years. No. When he called somebody, he used them. And they got to business. It was done. It was a done deal. But we want to sit there and prepare ourselves to be a sanctuary. Pure and holy. And we never get there because we're never, ever ready to do anything for God. Let me give you the greatest piece of advice you can ever get, besides don't walk in Bridgeford alone at night. This is the best tip I can ever give you. Young people, listen up. Old folks, listen up. I learned this when I was 21 years old. You're never, ever ready for anything 100% in your life. And there's nothing you can do to prepare you for the things you're going to do in life. I don't care how much counseling you go through, you're never ever ready to get married. I don't care what kind of training you go through, you're never really ready to take on a job promotion. I don't care what kind of stuff you go through, you are not ready for stuff that you go into. You're never ever 100% ready. And if you're waiting to be 100% ready for anything, you're wasting your time. Because the best experience you can get is on the job training. It's the truth. You with me? Fear. Fear has come up with um, different names. We've we've, we've covered and we've clothed fear and we put them in name brand clothes and stuff. And we've, we've called it different things. We've called it things like, it's not my season. We've called it like, I just don't feel right about it. And we try and mask the fact that, why don't you just be like, I'm afraid to step into what God has for me. I am afraid. I am a, a spiritual coward. I am a punk. And I am really, truly afraid. Matter of fact, I would still check my windows at night because I'm afraid. I don't like having the light off at night because I'm afraid. I don't like having music on because if somebody breaks into my house, I can't hear them because I am afraid. Fear. Fear will kill you and it will paralyze you. Back to the man of the 10-story building. The building's on fire, there's no way he can get out to the steps, elevator, no, no good, it's fire. Fireman pulls out the trampoline and says jump. How many of you are not going to jump? I will go back in that place and I will try and pull some door open or I will die in that fire. Why? Because I'm afraid of heights. And to get me to jump from a 10-story building, I didn't even want to hop off the diving board of, to the school in Stratford into the pool. Let alone to go to jump off of a 10-story building to save my life. Let me die. Come Here, here I come, Grandma. How many of you going to jump? Raise your hand. 50-50 here? I know you're jumping, Josh. You're crazy. <coughs> so... I'm going to give you just a few things that we, we, we do have issues with fear about. I've mentioned some of these, but I'm going to go into a little more depth. I mean, number one thing that you fear is just fear of what you don't know. Fear of what you don't know. How is it that people can make tons of money doing all types of investments, all types of, of things, but yet because we're uneducated, we are afraid to take calculated risks, and so because there is an unknown factor, we're afraid to actually do anything with the money that God has given us to be able to multiply it, prosper it, and use it for the kingdom of God. Fear the unknown. Are you with me? How many of you are afraid to fail? Fear of failure? Fear of failure is one of the biggest vision killers in the world. When you are afraid to fail... You are, you're basically saying that you are not worthy of winning. If you're afraid to fail, failing is something that everybody does in life. I believe that every person needs to learn how to fail. Everyone fails at some point in their life. It's a major problem only when you let failure equal defeat altogether. We all know Thomas Edison. He made the light bulb. It was him, right? Yeah, it was him. Thomas Edison found out 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb did he stop thank god he didn't why he wasn't afraid to fail you with me if failure keeps you from attempting new ventures in your life you need to talk to god about your issue with fear if you're fearful of failing because of what you've known in the past how many have ever failed in your past then you become afraid to take another venture in your life. How many people can lose a big business deal and say, that was great, I learned something from it, or I'm better now because of it? Unless we can say it and really mean it, we probably weren't learning that much from the experience as a whole. It may come as a surprise to you, but the majority of truly successful people just really learn how to fail and do it really well. If you think Microsoft was built in one day, it wasn't. If you think the Apple company was built in one day, it wasn't. These people failed time and time again, but failure never stopped them from achieving a level of success because they weren't afraid of failure. I promise you that 90% of the people in this room tonight are filled with fear of failure. You're afraid to do something because what if it doesn't work out and everybody's going to look differently at you or think funny of you? You with me? I spoke on fear of rejection because of our past issues with our relationships or our past issues with friendships. It's not always just boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. It could be friendships. Uh, it can be stuff with God or, or it could be issues that you had maybe in an old church you were in and they were kind of crazy not all there and now that they rejected you and made you feel kind of what we call church hurt, you don't know how to deal with being accepted by a church or you don't know how to deal with being accepted by someone who loves you. You don't know how to deal with being accepted by 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 a person that God places in your life, a God friend, a God connection. You don't know how to be acceptable to it because all you have known is rejection. So now you're afraid of both the rejection and you're afraid of being accepted and you don't know what to do. You're just a whole emotional mess. You're just like a wailing soup of failure, misery, stress. And then you have the other spectrum. That because you don't have fear, you don't look at who you're getting involved with. Because you're blinded by rejection that you just cry out to be accepted when you should be afraid of the people you're actually hanging out with. You with me? I know I might be getting into some of you all business, but that's okay. I mean, that's what church is about. It's your God just operates on your spirit. Amen. Fear of that acceptance. Uh, this one's pretty big. Fear of commitment. A lot of men suffer from fear of commitment, they're afraid to actually seal it. They think that by, by settling down, they're, they're going to lose some level of masculinity. Or you feel as if you're compromising some level of independence. By the same token, many women have become so independent that when they get involved in a relationship, they look at this independence as a good thing, thinking I can bring this to the relationship and he can know that I don't always need him there. I'm pretty much self-sufficient if he let me be. And by the same token, they don't realize that men view women's independence as a threat to a relationship. Because then the woman doesn't need the man, so what good is it to be in a relationship with her? Because men, I don't care what you say, you want to be wanted. Men love to be needed. I'm a man, I know. You want to feel important. Every now and then, women just go to your man, Honey, I need this nail in the wall. You just pull it out when he leaves, throw some drywall, and just putty it up. Make him feel like you want him, like you need him. But when a man feels inadequate because of rejection or acceptance issues, or because of commitment issues, or because of how the woman's rejection, acceptance, and commitment issues are affecting him, then he has a fear of giving everything to the woman, whether married or not. I'm talking to both of y'all, single folk, married folk, everybody. You have a fear now of giving your everything because now you feel as if the woman doesn't need you or the man doesn't need you. You feel inadequate. You're afraid of being rejected by your own spouse, your own boyfriend, your own girlfriend, whatever it is. And so the relationship fails because commitment couldn't be there. Because you were afraid to commit. You may say, Pastor, I don't have a fear of commitment. I don't have a problem with, who here thinks they don't have a problem with commitment? How many of you are afraid to commit to God? Caught you? (laughs) She said, gotcha. Afraid to give your whole life to God. Afraid to find out what is real, what is not real. Afraid to have faith. That all comes with part of commitment, afraid to give God your your everything, afraid to to open your whole life and just hang it on one cross and say, okay, I'm going to take all my strength and I'm going to believe that this guy 2,000 years ago laid his life down for me in a great plan of salvation. It sounds too good to be true, like a Disney tale, but I'm going to believe in it. The fact that so many of us struggle with sin, with all types of living wrong, with all types of living right, and we struggle with so many things lets me know that many Christians, if not all Christians in, the, in this place, have an issue with committing to God because commitment means, means being uh, faithful to God. Commitment means, means being, being honest with God. Commitment means being honest with yourself about how you feel about being honest with God. If you missed that, get it recorded. Commitment causes you to have fear in your life. And commitment causes you to fear failure. So because you fear the unknown, you are afraid to, to fail. Now you're afraid of the rejection, you're afraid of the acceptance, you're afraid to commit. you rather just like just take a year off in your life and just be by yourself. Because all these different fears are coming into play in your life. How many of you, be honest today and say, you have a fear of letting go of who you are? You're afraid to really just let go and let God in your life. You're afraid to let God take over your life. You're afraid to let God just have this total control. Can I tell you a secret? (sighs) I'm afraid of roller coasters. I will go on water rides all day. I can go on a 10 story waterfall ride, no problem. I can go on a 300 foot drop water ride if they had it, which they don't. If it was a thousand feet, I would still go on it because it's a water ride. But you put me on some roller coaster, like, I'm good. I was one time, I was at at, um, uh, uh, Six Flags. Just saying he's not here, I can tell this story. Skip this on the recording. And I decided to go on a roller coaster. Anybody knows why? A girl. Women make you do crazy things. They have this effect on you. And I went on the, the, the Batman roller coaster. No big deal. I was like, oh, that was easy. And so then we hop in line for the, uh, uh, the Mind Eraser, the Mind Twister. One of the two is called it's a Mind Eraser. You've been there too much. So don't go back. So as I go to get in line for that one, it's a pretty long line. And um, right before, it's my turn. I'm standing there. It's our turn to get on. And they said to us, hold on. We have a problem with the roller coaster. We're going to go on a test run. So I'm right here in line. Behind me, maybe 100, 120 people. You know how the lines get in Six Flags. Either I walk away and let all them people see me get afraid, or I suck it up and hop on this roller coaster. What do you think I did? How many think I walked away? I got on that crazy thing. I sat there, and I was just like, I was like, I was like, I don't want to die. What am I doing? Hey, babe. What am I doing? What am I doing? I was freaking out. Every little crick I heard in my ear, the whole thing was going to fall apart in my head. And by the time I got to the end, I was like, I'm alive. It was that very same day they tried to get me going on the Superman. I was like, no, 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 no. I draw the line there. It's done. I did hop on that, 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 that thing that just shoots you up in the air. What, what? The screamer, is that what it's called? I don't know what it's called. It just shoots you how many stories up in the air and I'm sitting there minding my business like having a normal conversation. I'm like, yeah, what is this ride? "Ah!" I knew I never wanted to get on a ride like that again when I saw I-91. I knew at that point I don't ever want to do this again. But the question is not why, but why do I fear that? Because I hate the feeling of free fall. How many of you hate that free-falling feeling? Just that it it makes your stomach turn. And it gets me all types of afraid, and it works your nerves. And and you begin to get all jittery. It's like, oh my gosh, the thought of it gets me sick to my stomach sometimes. Because there's an evident fear there. And although I, I, I don't face that on a daily basis, it's a constant reminder of fear in my life. You with me? Fear of not being able to live up to people's expectations. It's a fear that many of us live with and never identify. That you're afraid. Not to live up to your boss's expectations. You're afraid not to live up to your husband or your wife's expectations. You're afraid not to live up to your family's expectations or your pastor's expectations or the church's or God's expectations of what your life should be. And you live in this this sense of, of never feeling accomplished because you never see yourself as good enough to be able to be and operate at the level that you desire to so your fear is reaching an expectation. An expectation is just an expected action. An expectation is just an expected way of doing things. You following me so far? So they expect you to do things a certain way. But because you're afraid that you can't live up to that, you never reach for it. How many of you could honestly think over your life and think of how many things you've let fear stop you from reaching? How many of you wanted to ever reach out to somebody for Christ and you were afraid that you wouldn't know what to say? That's one of the biggest things. Do you want to go reach out to people? I don't know what I'm going to say. Jesus loves you. It's amazing how the disciples never had a Bible to read. And they reached out to people every day. The early church never had all these manuscripts, the how-to, the do this for 12 disciples and 17 steps to win your neighborhood and five steps to win your community. They never had all these books, these things, and and yet we want to sit there and study all day and all night, do all these types of things. I operate, I'm the Holy Spirit. You following me? You will rarely ever see me read a book except the Bible. I hate reading books. The thought of reading a book puts fear in me. I don't like to read. I'd rather listen to a book on CD rather than read it. It seems boring to you, but I don't like reading, but yet, today's church tells us that we have to read all this stuff in order to equip ourselves to be passionate for God. You just walk up and to- Jesus loves you. Reaching out is not always... It's not always spiritual because we, we over-spiritualize things. A, a homeless person doesn't need a Bible verse. They need a cheeseburger. A hot dog. Jesus loves you. Can you give me some food? They don't care about... To be honest with you, homeless, hungry folk don't care if God loves them. They want to know if you love God enough to do what He wants you to do and give them something to eat. Do it to others that you should have them do it to you. If you are hungry... Wouldn't you want somebody to feed you? Why do you think I preach every Sunday? Because you're spiritually hungry. Every Wednesday night, you're spiritually hungry. We got to feed you. What if I got up here and said, okay, Minister Melvin prayed, you can go home now. We're all set. You would feel like, huh? Some of you would laugh, and I would walk away. You'd be like, are you serious? This is one of his jokes, and I would just get in my car and go home. It would leave you with a sense of unaccomplishment unfulfillment because when it, comes, when it comes to reaching out to people it's not that big of a deal as you would like to think it's not that hard it's not that hard to do God's will I don't know if anybody ever told you this, this, is, this is my, I might be stepping on new territories here I'm just like just paving the way here it's not that hard to follow God's will what's hard is not following your will God's will is easy. It's already set up for you. It's called the moral standard in your life. It's not that hard. We make difficult things in our life. We make make difficult things happen in our life. We take obvious things, and although they're not at the attention of other people in your life, there's still a nuisance to you in your life. Perfect example, I deal with it every Sunday when I preach and throughout the week we deal with it. Uh, everybody knows that your cell phone should be off in church, but what happens is you put it on vibrate and all you are trying to listen to the preaching, it vibrates in your pocket and you have to look at it. One of my ushers one day, he, he picked up his phone and walked out I'm like, what is he doing? Is he crazy? Why? Because because you have to realize, because people can't hear it, it's still distracting you. Because you don't deal with the fear, and I don't see the fear in your life, doesn't mean it's not affecting you. It doesn't mean it's not applicable to your life. It doesn't mean that because I don't see it, it's not there. Because if fear wasn't there, you'd be a lot more successful in life. You with me? Fear of having faith in God? Because faith means letting go. Faith in the simplest layman's terms means just putting trust in God. Letting go of everything and just putting your trust in God. We can sit there and say faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And people are like, what are you talking about? I'd rather just tell them faith is trusting God no matter what. You may not see it, you can't touch it yet, but that's faith and believing God. But we're afraid to believe God for everything. How many of you are afraid to take a leap of faith in your life? Pastor Ross recently drove down to uh, he told me he was going to Arizona he has a a vision that God has given him to open a church in Arizona to to pioneer a work out in Arizona he's really excited about it and uh, he he decided to take a trip down there and I I was under the impression he knew somebody down there but what he did was he drove down there with nothing didn't even have a hotel room booked he had nothing had some money in his pocket and a prayer that was it Not only did he go, go over there with a true just, it was his, he said, Pastor, it was my first faith trip ever. That's a big faith trip for you, I told him. That, that, that's huge. He had just bought his new car, put 6,000 miles on his new car in less than two weeks. Driving to Arizona. Got to Arizona. Found one of the best hotels in Phoenix. And got one of the most crackhead prices you can get. I said, all right, Lord. He said, he said, Burgos, people thought I had money down there. I started laughing. I said, oh, if they only knew. They only knew. He ended up meeting some of the, he ended up meeting a couple of millionaires down there who were Christians, who were saved, sanctified. One of them even said, if you give me what I need spiritually, I'll attend your church, no problem. Because they were so moved and touched. He he got in touch with some preachers and they they ended up putting him on the radio the next day. Hooking him up with the different newspapers. He said, Burgos is crazy out there. I said, what do you mean? He goes, black people out there are successful. (laughs) That was about my reaction. I was like, no, be serious, come on. He was like, I kid you not, Arizona is is full. He said, if you go down to Arizona, you're going to be the minority. They never seen Puerto Rican, they think you're all Mexican. Your whole church, he said, they're going to think you're all Mexican. They don't care what you are. It's black, white, and there's the minorities. And he was speaking of how God really placed him in these situations that he can be benefited, and he started uh, laying down roots there already. That's a true stuff, but he said he wouldn't even see a house, and, and it was a four-bedroom, it was a four-bedroom house, he said it had two pools, a heated pool, it had a, 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 a summer pool, they have a summer pool down there, and they have a winter pool, whatever the difference is, it's all about heat and cool, I don't know what it was, he started, to, I was like, whatever, Ross, have master suites, three bathrooms, living room, dining rooms, he said it was an open concert, it was beautiful, it was gorgeous, and the lady said to him, well, this was going to be quite pricey. So he said, how much? He goes, well, about $1,000 a month. He started laughing at her. He said, I paid $1,400 right now for my condo. Are you kidding me? And he took his first true leap of faith into his vision that God has given him. And he 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 said, I came back to Connecticut, and my wife and me started arguing because she had to tell me to stop being so mad that I was back home. He liked being in Arizona so much, he was mad and angry to come back to Connecticut. You ever been to a place you liked so much you didn't want to come home? But that's how he felt. But yet, fear was not a factor for him in his life. He really decided to let go and let God. When when he told me he was going, I thought he really had plans, you know, just a a flight. I thought, you know, who would think of driving to Arizona? He had a, I thought he had a flight, a hotel booked, a couple of a people he knew out there. he's going to hang out with some family, some cousins, God knows, whatever. And he knew nobody, but he drove there nonetheless. How many of you are willing to take a step of faith like that? You know that God's calling you halfway across the country. You're just going to hop on your car and just woo, go. Because the fear of the unknown. If we don't deal with fear in our life and realize, 2 Timothy says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind, you will forever deal with the harshest times in your life. You will always deal with just being normal. You have got to, at some point, desire greatness in your life. At some point, You've got to sit there and say, I'm not afraid to have a vision, a dream for my life. Y'all not talking to me tonight, you bunch of sissies, man. Y'all are really afraid to have vision. We were in a, I wasn't afraid to try and buy this building, Then I have no money didn't have nothing for it, but yet what happened? I took a leap of faith and I talked to the guy. We talked to him. We went back and forth. And what happened Bam! They sold us a building. They financed it themselves. Why? Because we took a leap of faith. In ministry, I've taken tons of leaps of faith in ministry. The place is growing because of, of leaps of faith. I thought it was so important that when we, we have a sanctuary, all the cheers are the same. Uh, how many cheers did we buy? We bought 150 cheers at about $49 a pop. We ended up spending close to $89,000 on just cheers alone. And we only needed 20 cheers because we only had 20 people. But yet faith told me, buy 150. You're going to need them. That's faith. That's not being afraid. I don't have time to be afraid of things in life. Life is too short to be afraid. So you've got to just put on your big boy boots and say, God, I'm going to take care of this business in my life. I'm going to stop being afraid. You don't have time to be afraid in life. Oh man, I was so proud a couple of days ago when I opened up the newspaper and sitting there is my beautiful cousin Jessica and her, oh, talks about her opening a salon in a recession and I was like, yeah! I was sitting there pump fisting reading that, that, that little article. I was so excited, had nothing to do with me but that was my cousin and she wasn't afraid. Couple salons by my house in Fearful closed down during the recession and she opened up another one, a bigger one. She wasn't afraid. And if she was, she said, you know what, God? I'm going to put it in your hands. You cannot be afraid of failure. Opportunity is only a visitor. Opportunity is not a living partner. It is a visitor that will come and will go in your life. And if you don't take advantage of it, While it's here, it's like the circus. If you don't go see it now, you got to wait another year to go see it. It only comes through town a couple times a year. And if you miss it, opportunity will never, ever come back in some cases. You only have so many instances where you can take advantage of some things in your life. What are you afraid of that has captured your mind? God has not given me a spirit of, but of. Many of us lack those three key ingredients. How many have the utmost power in God? So we lack the power. Many of us have some type of love, but we don't have the love that the first John speaks about where it says perfect love casts out all fear. We don't have that kind of love. And God knows we don't have a sound mind. If I can go into some of your minds right now, I know minds is is like a tsunami just going on, crashing from side to side in my head, and just all these thoughts and worries and perplexions and stresses and complexities of life, and I deal with the with the multiplicity of who I am, to be honest with you, and then I deal with all the issues on on an individual level, and I try and cycle them and siphon them in my mind, and I I can't make any sense of them. Why? Because fear has overcome me in some areas. So I ask you, what are you afraid of? What has got you to the point? How many of you know that you are afraid and you are, because of fear, not doing what God has told you to do? Because you're afraid. We can talk all day about it. But the fact of the matter is, you have have got some fear in you. You're dealing with issues of trust. You're dealing with issues of just believing God. You're dealing with issues of how many of you know that God does. can, Can I tell you a secret? Did you know that God does not want you to be in debt? Do you know that God just might want you want you to open up a bank? The Bible says He wants you to be the lender and not the borrower. God just might want you to open up your own business. God just might want you to open up something, do something to be a success. God does not want you to work for somebody the rest of your life to be a burden and yoked up with somebody, making somebody else money. Are you crazy? Don't you realize that God has success for you? I'm not preaching wealth, but I'm preaching prosperity because God wants you to be successful. God does not want you to be some poor Christian who can't support or fund the kingdom of God. God does not want you to be some busted, broke down, just a mess, a neck deep in finances and leaving bills for your kids. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance not for his kids, but for even his grandchildren. What are you going to leave for your family when you're gone? What goals are you working towards? Or are you just getting by? How many of your dreams have been murdered and and molested by fear? Because you were just afraid. We deal with people with visions every day. Who have lost their vision, lost their sight, lost their everything. I told you this many times The only thing that's worse than being born blind Is being born with no sight for vision Because everybody in this room has your eyesight But you have no vision in life You're just afraid to work towards the goal Afraid of just that failure And At the end of the day You never take a risk Because you have no trust in God do you think God has called you and brought you this far to fail? Do you think that I think that God has brought me this far as a pastor to be a failure? That he's called me this far, this ministry grew us this big to, to be a failure? That we went from 20 people to 120 to 140 on a Sunday? And do you think that I think that God wants me to be a failure? No! So what do I do? Stop preaching now? Be complacent, be satisfied, be happy with what I got and just leave the rest of it up to the church to grow? No! I have to take risks. we got to do things that God... Y'all following me. Y'all should have been excited about God just doing things in your life. I know it's hump day, but come on, seriously. You have to get excited when you talk about God doing things. Why do you think I'm building a room outside? Because I want to be able to have a grand entrance to, to look the part so that when people come in, they say, This church has got it put together. I'm sorry, I mean, you know what? I, you have to understand. We, give, we even give the CDs for free. Not because we don't need the money, because everybody can use the money, but I understand the tithe people I will get who will come into the church will far outweigh the cost of my CD production. You got to think with vision. When I thought about giving all the CDs away for free, we had 3,000 CDs back. That's a give them away for free. That's stupid. That's not God. That's for Diablo, <laughs> mira sat in my room just the devil is a liar I'll rebuke you and God said no 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 no, no. you better get it away way for free and then I went to a church and they said we have the CDs for $10 and I was like $10 you got a blank CD you bought at Staples you want to give me $10 for that CD you come to my church get a fully silk screen, professionally printed CD for free I want to ask them did God did God charge you for that message when he gave me that preaching did he I'll have you give him an offering did you have to go to the local cemetery and do a, a burnt offering? What did you have to do? Nothing. But I realized, I, told the, I told the preacher afterwards, I said, you want to see your church grow? Can I be honest? Stop fleecing the flock for $10 a CD. Give those away for free because the people you will get in your church as a result of your CD ministry, they will bring far more into the church than you can ever get from a CD. Ain't that the truth? You came here because of a CD. Uh, Somebody praise God. I give ten thousand CDs just to get one person. I don't care because a soul got you know somebody's getting touched, ministered to by God. But could you imagine if we ten dollars you could reach a soul? (laughs) Serious? I wouldn't even buy my own preacher for ten dollars. That's the truth. I've learned that sometimes when I say things to the leadership, that not everything goes over so well. Not everything's such a great idea. Sometimes you have to sell it to people. You've got to pitch an idea to them. Well, why are you going to do that? Because of this. Oh. You have to look at what might work in your life. If you have a dream, a vision... Don't let fear of failure stop you. Sometimes failing is a good thing. Anybody know why? Because you find out how not to do what you want to do. We found out a couple of ways not to build the roof. Or the roof. We found a couple of ways not to do it. We found a couple of ways not to do a lot of things while we were building this process. And, and today Daniel said to me, Oh, this I'm just frustrated. I was like, I'm going to my office. I have to finish my Bible study. See you later. We'll pray for that boy. But he got it done. Because he, he sat there and said, I got to get it done. You got to believe in your life. And I'll, I'll leave you alone after this. You got to believe something. You got to believe that God has more for your life. Once you truly grab a hold of that, once you believe that God has so much more for you. And that there's so much more in store for you. What will begin to happen is you will say, you know what? Why can't I open a business? Why can't I? Well, why, why can't I apply for that job promotion? Why can't I? Or why can't I go out and buy a house? Why, why can't I? You think God really wants you to sit there and pay rent to somebody for the rest of your life? Have nothing called your own? you got to take that. You're never ever going to be 100% ready to buy a house. You're never 100% ready to buy a car. But you have to make it happen. You've got to make it happen and not be afraid. You with me? Get rid of that fear in your life. It will paralyze you. It will capture you. It will subdue you. It will minimize you. And eventually it will eliminate you. Because you're afraid. Come on, stand with me. I'm all set. you have any announcements, Lord? Come on, come on. Well, I'm always going to give you some announcements before we close in prayer.